welcome everyone. Uh, for those of you who don't know us, my name is Naya Swami Anandi. This is Naya Swami Bharat. We hope that you have had a beautiful Christmas and holiday season and are feeling very uplifted as we head into a new year. So I'd like to begin by reading from Rays of the One Light by Swami Kriyananda. These are weekly commentaries on the Bible and the Bhagavad Gita. This week's reading is called The Divine Ascension. Truth is one and eternal. Realize oneness with it in your deathless self within. The following commentary is based on the teachings of Paramahansa Yogananda. In the Gospel of St. John, chapter 14, we read, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. What is this I when spoken by a master who has conquered every vestige of ego consciousness? Therein lies the mystery of true scriptural teaching. That I, that is no I, does it even exist? In what way is it different from the consciousness that animates other human beings? Jesus was not saying, look at me, don't look at other masters. He was saying, rather, look at the divine self, that is the essence of who you are, your very self. You are that I. No man cometh unto the divine consciousness except by first recognizing his own intrinsic divinity hidden behind his delusive ego. The Bhagavad Gita in the fourth chapter states, O son of Prita, Arjuna, in whatever way people accept me, in that same way do I appear to them. For all men, in some way, pursue the path to me. Meditate on the divine incarnations, their lives and the consciousness animating them will be your stairway to the infinite. Thus, through Holy Scripture, God has spoken to mankind. I too would also like to... um, uh, wish you a blissful new year um, and, uh, and many years afterwards and uh, your freedom in this life, hopefully. Uh, I, um, I was in India uh, on a Ananda pilgrimage and one of our uh, co- uh, community members in Palo Alto, we were talking and Swami was saying that we could all become Jiva Muktas in this lifetime. And Swami had been saying that for a, a little while and, and he turned to me and I said, you know, Swami must believe that we can do it if he keeps telling us that. And, uh, you know, there's just a, a real beautiful depth, isn't there, now with the Christmas festivities, the, 
the meditation and everything we've done, and just uh, we have a wonderful opportunity in this life. The service is on the avatar, and Swami has said that uh, we wouldn't really seek God unless we had the examples of the avatar, and I'll talk more about that. But first, I'd like to read from Whispers from Eternity, uh, a poem, uh, a, a book of poems, mystical poetry by Paramahansa Yogananda. Wandering through the forest of incessant searching, I arrived at the mystery door, which conceals thy presence. I knock loudly on the door of silence with persistent blows of faith. At last the door opened, and I beheld thee resting on thy altar of glorious visions. I stood with restless gaze, waiting for thee to speak. Thy creation-making voice was inaudible. At last, a deep stillness stole upon me and taught me in whispers the language of, of angels. With the lisping voice of my newborn freedom, I tried to speak. Suddenly, the lights in thy temple wrote brilliantly in letters of light. In my little chamber of quietness, I am ever at rest. I never speak now, but with the voice of silence. Through my silence, O divine lover, converse thou eloquently with me. There was an Expanding Light guest um, uh, who um, visited us uh, not too long ago, uh, and she was saying that uh, she was, uh, uh, became a lawyer, but uh, she was uh, saying that when she was a little girl, her mother kept telling her, you can be anything you want. You can be anything you want. And so she took her mother's words uh, to heart. And so whenever anyone asked her, uh, what would you like to be when you grow up? Uh, She would say brightly, a dolphin. (laughs) (laughs) And and we were sort of amused by that story because um, I think deep down we know that uh, we just don't become a lawyer or a a doctor or electrician, uh, but we become everything. Uh, and uh, isn't that the, the true nature of the soul? Uh, Yogananda w- was saying that, um, uh, you know, the earth is just a little pinhead in the sky, and the Divine Mother has uh, co- heavenly comets fl- and stars just whirling around her, and it's just, it's just the whole vast cosmos is her body. And she becomes very disappointed when we, say, when we identify with our own little body and we say, I like this body best of all. And she just sort of shakes her head because we're uh, a child of God, a child of spirit, and that's our nature. And so, um, you know, we, um, you know, God's, what is God's nature? Uh, it's, it's stillness. If, we, if you think of a hurricane... Uh, you've got this swirling vortex of energy that could be very dangerous. And if you're a ship out in the ocean, uh, that uh, swirling energy can make the seas rise 30, 40, 50 feet high. And, uh, uh, but you get into the center of that hurricane, and it's just perfectly calm. I was on the outskirts of a hurricane, and it's just, everything once just became very still. And at that still point, that's the spirit, that's where, that's where God is, that's where we are, that's where our spine is. And uh, we, uh, when we live there, nothing can touch us. 
because, you know, it's said that a master uh, who's beyond vibratory creation can manipulate uh, all the vibrations in the vibratory world just because he's touched a deeper level of reality. And so when we're challenged in life, what is the secret? Uh, Lahiri Mahashai, great guru of uh, Yogananda's guru, uh, said do more kriyas. What did he mean by that? If we don't know what kriya is, kriya is a technique that brings us very deeply into the center of the spine, uh, where, uh, where the altar of spirit is, Yogananda. We experience ourselves uh, as spirit. And so, um, you know, just... Well, Swami Kriyananda, when he first came to, to Master, uh, he was... Uh, he just said it was an earth-shaking experience because his whole world had been uh, turned around. And he um, was so impressed by Master that even though everything was new to him, he, he said if Master said it, he would believe it. Uh, but Swami is a very enthusiastic person. He remained a very enthusiastic person his whole life. And Yogananda was a very, very enthusiastic uh, person too. He's always interested in everything around them, uh, around him. But w- when Swami would look into Yogananda's eyes, he just saw perfect stillness. He wasn't touched by... Uh, uh, anything else that he was doing. He, Yogananda participated fully in life. Uh, there's a humorous story when he was disciplining one of the nuns and he was walking towards the nun on uh, one end of the room and he was saying, you must do this, and it just gave a real sense of urgency. Uh, and then he turned around and there was a monk on the other side of the room and he was just walking, just, and he just smiled and he was just untouched. Uh, by it at all. And then he turned around and he wanted to create that sense of urgency again with the nun so she would really move on this important point. It was for her. He didn't feel anything. And he just raised his voice again and shook his arm and, uh, and then turned around and was just perfectly free. And uh, Swami was, uh, you know, he was the first time with Master alone. Uh, he um, he had just learned the Om technique and was listening to the cosmic vibration. And he asked Master, uh, what does Om sound like? And Master went, mm. <laughs> And so I go, oh, okay. <laughs> and then he said, well, how do you do the technique? He already knew how to do the technique. And Master didn't say anything this time. He just went like this. He closed off the... Um, the ears, and uh, so you can hear it inside, and then he put his hands down and went back into silence. And he was trying to teach Swami uh, to, to be more silent, to be more still, that this is where everything happens uh, on the spiritual path. And of course, how can we, um, in meditation, uh, we experience that stillness within ourselves? Uh, but there's other ways to uh, promote that sense of stillness in, in everyday life. And that's not to take ourselves too personally. Uh, we, uh, whenever, you know, we, we talk all the time about, you know, quieting the mind in meditation, quieting the mind. But you know what the problem is? It's quieting the emotions. Because it's the emotions that take us out of that stillness. And uh, it's like we, we have a pendulum. And we push the pendulum this way, and it's going to swing all the way back and, uh, and create motion. I think... I think I heard about a pendulum that um, 
the one that was built really well would take a million swings before it would come back to rest at its center. And we have five to eight million lives. Uh, and so you can see it takes a lot of time just to allow that to come to a point of rest. And, and so we need to um, you know, be more impartial. When I was uh, early days at Ananda, uh, I was going through a period where I felt a lot of resentment about uh, an issue. And it was just something in me. And um, I, it was just there. And uh, I didn't know what to do about it. I had prayed about it and had tried to work with it. And then I had a dream. Uh, one night, and in this dream, uh, someone in the community took out a big revolver and shot me five times in the chest. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, uh, I didn't die then, and uh, my body wasn't even bloody. But uh, and so physically, I wasn't harmed, but emotionally, uh, I was a little bit perturbed from this. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and so then in my dream, I was in a community meeting. Uh, and there were about 12 people there, and they were discussing uh, something in the community. Uh, and uh, I was there, and uh, I was waiting for an opening uh, to, to uh, you know, come open in the, uh, in the discussion, because I had some important information that I felt everybody in the community should know, uh, that there was somebody running around shooting the members. <laughs> And, you know, it seemed logical. But, you know, there wasn't an opening in that conversation at all. And it just kept going and going and going. And I kept kind of waiting for my chance. And that chance never came. And then I had this liberating realization that says, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, forget about it. It doesn't matter. And But there was, it wasn't something that I just ignored and put aside, but... Uh, that dream just, it gave me an insight that it really doesn't matter. Master wrote something very beautiful. And I'd like to read it to you instead of trying to hit some of the words. Uh, <laughs> and he said, man's greatest trouble is egoism, the consciousness of individuality. He takes everything that happens to him as affecting him personally. Why be affected? You are not this body. I read this again. Man's greatest trouble is egoism, the consciousness of individuality. He takes everything that happens to him as affecting him personally. Why be affected? You are not this body. So uh, being impartial when it comes to ourselves, I I remember uh, in the early years that um, I was uh, really... uh, detached when it didn't concern me. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's the, the trick is just uh, to be taf- uh, uh, detached about everything. I was thinking about in this karmic situation that was coming to me that an insight that Swami gave us was that is to see everyone as the instrument for your karma to come to you. There's a saying, don't shoot the messenger who's delivering the message. Well, that is just in God in that form uh, helping you to understand and helping you to be free of a karmic situation. And I, I felt a real karmic burden was, was freed from me in a, uh, in a really big way. Uh, my life was uh, transformed in, uh, in, uh, from that uh, uh, tendency. Well, an avatar has tremendous power, as I was talking about. You know, um, 
the own vibration, when one listens to the technique, one can hear and feel the quiver of every atom in the body at first, and then throughout all creation. And the disciples' uh, uh, consciousness expands and spreads out to infinity and covers all space. And, it, uh, and when people hear Om for the first time, uh, it can be a pretty overwhelming experience. And people have uh, been sometimes you know, frightened by the experience because it really truly is the power of God. And, but you know, an avatar's consciousness is, is beyond vibratory creation. And, uh, and it has tremendous power. And, and a, a, an avatar knows God. There's a beautiful story about Ramakrishna. Uh, he was asked by uh, a spiritual seeker, uh, have you seen God? And Ramakrishna said, yes, I've seen God. I see God more clearly than I see you standing here in front of me. And needless to say, that uh, seeker became a disciple because he found a true man of God. And we've been so blessed on our path. And, uh, but there's been avatars that are still very active in this world. Uh, uh, Jesus Christ, Buddha, that, um, that that power is living in the disciples. There's a, a, a humorous story of an instructive story of the power of Yogananda. He was in visiting the, the city of Chicago during the Depression. And Chicago at that time was really known for its gangs, and um, the gangsters. And uh, Yogananda decided it would be nice to go in the evening and watch the moonrise in the park. And the policeman saw him starting to enter the park. And uh, the policeman said, don't go in that park. Uh, uh, there's some very... Uh, tough gangsters in there, and even we're too uh, we're afraid to go in the park. Well, Yogananda said, that's okay, um, uh, and thanked him and went into the park. And Yogananda, what was he, five foot five, is that correct, his height? And uh, there was a big giant of a man came uh, up to Yogananda and stood over him, and he said, give me a dime. And Yogananda reached in his pocket and gave him a dime. And then the big man, even closer, leaned over and said, give me a quarter. <laughs> and Yogananda gave him a quarter. And then it was, give me 50 cents. And he gave him 50 cents. And then the man, encouraged, uh, uh, said, give me a dollar. And Yogananda could see where it was going. <laughs> So he stood up and just, uh, by the power of God, feeling in him, said, get out. And, uh, and the man said, I don't want your money. I don't want your money. And he kept repeating that. And then he was trembling by a le- like a leaf. And then he just fled. And, uh, and of course, Yogananda said, that wasn't uh, my power. It was God's power. Uh, in the later years of Yogananda's life, um, Yogananda had, had, was taking on the karma for disciples and uh, he was having trouble walking and, and that. And uh, somebody had said, uh, uh, some other spiritual teacher or uh, something said, Yogananda's losing all his powers. And Yogananda kind of looked wonderly and said, I never had any powers uh, because God was always uh, who he lived for. Well, and there's another beautiful story of the power of an avatar that I'd like to tell. 
and that's uh, Babaji, um, uh, Shankarananda, who started the Swami order. Um, Babaji at that time lived in Benares, and he had a servant. And uh, Shankar was so well known in India as a great uh, astron- uh, astrologer that uh, when he came and visited Benares, Babaji's servant went to uh, uh, have a reading. And when Shankara looked at the reading, he saw that the, uh, he told the servant, Babaji's servant, that you're going to die tonight. Your karma is such uh, that that's going to happen. Well, you can, you know, I'm sure that uh, Babaji's servant was a very high soul to be with Babaji, but it still freaked him out. Uh, and he came back, and Babaji could tell that something was wrong. And he said, uh, what's the trouble? And, uh, and he told him what this great astrologer had said. And Babaji told the servant, you go tell Shankara that you'll be okay, you'll survive the night. And so he did, and Shankara said, your karma is so strong that I don't see that there's any way that you can survive the night. And that if you do, I will come and take initiation from your, from your guru. And so that night... Um, there was a tremendous storm and the wind was blowing and uprooting trees and lightning was crashing all around the house and Babaji had laid over uh, the servant's body and protected him and the whole house was just the storm crashed for a long time and then in the morning uh, Babaji sent the servant over uh, to uh, Shankara and he could see that he was still alive and he had survived the night and so um, he said, uh, quickly, take me to your guru. I want to take initiation. And he uh, received Kriya Yoga from Babaji. And, you know, when, uh, you know, that's the power of a great avatar. But, you know, that's a, a dramatic expression of that power. But I know all of us in our lives, we've seen over and over again how Master has really seen into our consciousness and helped freed us in subtle ways. And the way Swami Kriyananda worked with us, you know, that, that's even a more effective power because that's like moment to moment in our lives where we're just being freed of tendencies that just hold us back, that limit our consciousness and that free us. And that's really the grace of an avatar is that, uh, and a great saint and and, and the great disciples that follow an avatar is that more and more um, we just find ourselves changed directly by their magnetism, you know, in all uh, kind of all uh, comprehensive way, but just all the different nuances in terms of refining our life and changing our life. And so, um, so this year, let's take the example of God, of all the avatars, the great saints, and of that stillness that they had in their lives, where there wasn't any agitation. Uh, and uh, in that perfect stillness, that's when we experience uh, God, uh, that's when we experience our divine nature. And so during this uh, new year, let's try to hold on to that and go ever deeper into that stillness. Bless you. <laughs>